Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Home Sweet Dome. Oh, shoot, no. Dome Sweet Dome. Dome Sweet Home. Sweet Dome, Alabama. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure this out as it goes. Um, whatever I uploaded the title as is going to be its official name. Home. Away. From. Dome. Yeah, I'm starting a podcast for Under the Dome, the 2013 smash hit. Um, wasn't really much of a smash hit. It, it actually did quite well in its first season and then fell off over time. Um, compared to most popular shows, it did quite well because it was on CBS and... Uh, the older demos, uh, read that as the demos that still watch TV, um, not online and not pirated, uh, we're pretty big fans of it, so uh, it, it did well when it's on the air. Anyway, I'm rambling a bit, uh, but get ready because I'm going to ramble a lot. <laughs> but before I get started on that, um, I just want to start on to describe what this podcast is going to be. Um, I think I'm making this for three main reasons. One. I have spare time. I think everybody has a lot of spare time, and that's going to play into my favor because I have the time to rewatch the show and also talk about it. And unlike usually, I'm hoping that people will have so much free time and in leading to boredom that they will want to listen to me talk about a TV show that they haven't watched. Um, in a perfect world, they have so much free time that they actually go and watch it. And I do want to say that Under the Dome, the entirety of it is on CBS uh, All Access, uh, CBS's streaming service. Um, you can get a free month. So just uh, sit down, watch an episode of Under the Dome every day for a month, and uh, it won't even cost you a penny. And then uh, remember to cancel it. Um, there's a slight chance of me getting sponsored by CBS uh, for this. Probably lost it right there. Um, so that's reason one. Reason two, why do why make this about Under the Dome? I'm a big fan of Under the Dome. I think it's one of the best shows in the past decade. Um, not in like a good way. Um, I, I think it was just absurd. Um, it sort of ran under the radar and I don't think everybody realizes how weird and ridiculous it got. Um, and, and this is a show where it starts with a big magical dome sealing an entire town in um and after a while you'll think back and be like oh how quaint <laughs> um but when honestly my, my my biggest issue with the show is nobody knows what it is nobody knows what happened so I, I can't really talk about it so i'm going to spend uh 20 minutes an episode <laughs> setting up uh, the pretext so that when we get to the later seasons uh, people can realize how uh, ridiculous this show is um, and then the actual impetus for what sort of, or catalyst, maybe, for what made me want to do this is I got a text message from my dad. Um, so, you know, the coronavirus is currently circling around. Um, a lot of people are practicing social distancing, staying uh, home, working from home. Um, and results are starting to come in about how effective that is as a way to stop um, presenting or stop spreading uh, disease. Um, but a hypothetical other way that you could uh, stop the spread of disease is if you put a giant dome around the town you're in so nobody can get in or out. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to be looking at the show through that lens as well is um, instead of social distancing, if we have considered the giant magical dome approach, would it be worth it? What are the pros? What are the cons? Um, and yeah, so let's, let's find out. So 
Uh, my first ask is if you want to follow along in the best way to actually watch episode one. I'm going to do I think one episode per podcast. Um, obviously, that's a big ask. I wouldn't watch it if I was listening to a podcast. I'd probably be like, okay, uh, no. So, uh, But if you want the full experience, watch along because I'm going to be sort of commenting on what happened in episode one titled Pilot. Um, I think just as an aside, I think that's a lazy name for the pilot. Uh, Lost, I believe, called its pilot pilot, but that made sense because there's a pilot and a plane. Um, this one also has a plane crash, but I don't think that's what they meant. The, the pilot of that plane meant basically nothing to the plot. Um, meant a bit to their special effects budget. But yeah, this is episode one, pilot of uh, Under the Dome. So the interesting thing is the dome doesn't actually come down about till halfway through the episode so the first few scenes are sort of uh setting the tone setting the characters seeing what they're like before the dome that's going to come down and never leave uh comes down so let's uh take a look at our cast of characters first off we have our lead uh the male lead uh, sort of the hero of the show dale barbarossa uh he calls himself barbie um, I think that's sort of a joke they're going for, that the, the tough uh, criminal guy is called uh, Barbie. Barbie. People just call me Barbie. We're introduced to him uh, killing, or sorry, burying a man that he has murdered. Um, but he, honestly, uh, the, if my recollection of the show is correct, he's, we're, we're going to zoom past that. He, he is our hero, and uh, we're going to forgive him for being a hitman, basically. Um, Anyway, so he's uh, burying somebody. Um, we're also introduced to Linda. She is the one of the cops in town. Uh, she works with her boss. Uh, I think his name's Dale. Uh, I didn't write down his name because, spoiler alert, he dies at the end of the episode. So uh, it doesn't really matter what his name was. Sheriff Perkins! Linda's going to be the new big cop. Um, sort of falls into the role. Um, if anybody's seen Watchmen, it's actually very similar. <laughs> to uh, how the TV show starts off with um, the more senior cop being introduced and then, uh, well, I don't want to spoil too much. Great, great TV show, Watchmen. Almost as good as Under the Dome. Um, next up introduced is probably my favorite character in the show, uh, Big Jim. Uh, this show actually came out just after Breaking Bad ended. Um, and this, was, this role is played by Hank from uh, Breaking Bad. And I think a lot of people thought that he would probably never go on to another one of the greatest shows in, uh, on TV, but he did. He was batting 100% back then. Uh, he plays a town councillor and also owner of uh, a local car dealership. My name is Councilman Rennie, uh, Big Jim Rennie, but this isn't a car commercial. And he's going to basically become the king of the town. The town, by the way, is called Chester's Mill, or Chester Mills. Ooh, should have written that one down. Anywho, um, next up is Junior uh, and his girlfriend, uh, Angie. Um, so Junior is actually Big Jim's son. We're going to find that out later. Even if you don't watch any of the episode, look up Junior. He is the creepiest person I've ever watched on TV. His face, I think he's going for like childlike murderer. Um, except he, he's pretty big. It's not like a tiny childlike murderer. He's like 18 and he could definitely beat me up. But he, he has the face of a, a, a child who doesn't understand things. Sorry, I didn't mean to sneak up on you like that. I'm Junior. 
um, and his girlfriend who uh, wants to break up with him probably because she's realized that he is a huge creep um, anyway junior actually ends up uh, locking her in his uh, cellar um, or fallout shelter as, as this episode goes on um, yeah so that, that's gonna be fun uh, next up, Julia Shumway, editor of The Independent. Uh, she is a newspaper uh, reporter in Chester's Mill. Um, yeah, uh, she's going to be the sort of female lead of the show. She's going to be in a relationship with uh, Barbarossa, uh, or Barbie. So you're the newspaper woman? Julia Shumway. Um, fun fact, the man that uh, Barbie killed was her husband. Um, that doesn't really deter her as much as you might expect um, but that that'll come up that'll come up later it's still a mystery for now where her husband went um yeah so that's that's the main cast there's a few other uh, kids that are going to come up into play more uh, there's the local radio dj i'm phil bushy and you're listening to wybs the mills only 100 percent independent home of rock um We'll do some things later, but honestly, those are the big players. Uh, you sort of got uh, Barbie and uh, Julia as sort of the heroes. Uh, big Jim is the usually antagonist, sometime uh, sort of an anti-hero. Uh, Linda, the cop, usually is on the helping out uh, Barbie, um, and then the the kids made up of uh, Junior, Angie, uh, and then Nori and tall guy that I didn't write down his name. He's actually pretty important. Um, and that's that's Angie's brother. It's Joe, right? Yeah, McAllister. Man, that segment I can't imagine was a, a people pleaser. Either you watched the episode and then I just told you what you saw or you didn't watch the episode and you must be just as confused as if I didn't say anything. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll see how this goes. So. That's sort of setting the stage. Um, I do want to go through the sort of contrivances that this uh, <laughs> this episode goes through to set things up. So Big Jim is a town counselor. Um, so if even if a dome were to fall on the town normally, uh, there's probably four or five other town counselors. There's the mayor, there's the deputy mayor. There's a lot of people who would be ahead of him in the line of succession. Uh, line of succession to a town of like 300 people. Uh, Chester's Mill is a small rural town. Um, but to make it more of a, oh, what's going to happen? Uh, there's a parade going on today in a neighboring town. And so uh, everybody's there except uh, everybody important is there except for Big Jim. Um, and all the firefighters also went to this parade. Um, from what I can tell, it's all of them. Uh, I, I don't know. It seems like a bit of a negligence to send all of your firefighters to another town for a parade. But um, to be fair, they weren't thinking that a big dome would come down and lock them out. So uh, before this starts, uh, everybody important in town plus the firefighters are at a parade. Um, maybe it was just, you know, firefighters deserved a break. And so they were put on the other side of the dome. The action starts off, the dome comes down, and we get an iconic shot um, of a cow getting sliced in half um, because the dome, anything on either side of it, kaput, 
uh, just blown in half. So let's uh, let's let's analyze this. So the cow gets cut in half. Um, how would this work in a city like uh, Toronto, which will be our case study for putting a giant magical dome around us? Um, on the plus side, I can pretty safely bet that no cows would get cut in half. Um, I think our I don't think there's any cows even on the border of our city. Um, the secondary question here is, what would the borders of our city be? Luckily, because it's the 21st century, I can search Toronto on Google Maps, and it shows me an exact border. Now, this does present an interesting issue. Toronto is not in the shape of a circle. So do we abandon the premise of being under a dome and instead be under the weird rhombus that Toronto is basically the shape of? Or do we make it a dome and accept that we're going to have to include Richmond Hill, uh, a large portion of the Great Lakes, and Markham and Vaughan into our dome? Um, I guess in this case, it's an active choice we're making, so we can control this. Um, I would say that it's probably best to just keep it at the borders of Toronto, but the dome is the strongest shape. So I'm gonna say that it makes more sense to use a giant dome. So we're gonna say that the longest point would be the width. So it goes from about uh, the edge of Scarborough to the 427 basically. And so then we'll go north and south. So we'll say we go north up to Richmond Hill and then south into the water. Um, that water might come in handy, you never know. Um, I don't know if water actually can come in and out of the dome. Like, I guess it has to. I guess we need this water, so, so this worked out. Now, going across these lines, the dome appears instantly and cuts anything in half. Um, we are cutting in, across pretty much every major highway in the GTA. Um, who? Do we get Canada's Wonderland? Oh, that's gonna be right on the border. We might cut into like Leviathan or something. All right, according to Google, it's temporarily closed anyway, so okay, that's fine. Um, I guess it wouldn't be closed in this scenario. It's probably closed because of uh, social distancing, but in our new magic dome world, we don't need that. Okay, so Chester's Mill, um, later on in the episode, they go to the hospital. Uh, it's completely over capacity. Um, the dome, um, unfortunately, you can't really flatten the curve of a dome because it's so strong. So it just instantly overfills hospital capacity, um, which is unfortunate, but I, I think it's gonna level off pretty quickly. Um, they had about 12 people, they said, died from the dome, which as an aside, Chester's Mill, does not look like it should have 12 people hanging out on the borders around town. Um, especially because a lot of the people they cut to just had their arms like cut off. Um, like they were literally standing right on the border. Like they reached out to get their mail and their hand were chopped off, which I don't know. Toronto, on the other hand, I think it would be very bad. Um, a lot of people would be uh, I don't know. Getting domed nowadays sounds like you got hit in the head. Um, I think it would be a new term for getting your limb chopped off by the dome. Um, or honestly, more likely, uh, getting cut in half. 
Anyway, so to start things off, I will say that the dome seems like probably not as good a solution as social distancing, but we'll see. Um, uh, almost immediately after the cow is chopped in half, we run into the second main issue um, with, with, the, with the dome, where a crop plane flies into it and explodes. Um, this probably cost, I would say, half the budget of the episode, uh, this shot. I think I was talking earlier about Lost, and I do think they were trying to copy Lost's um, plane crash pilot opening. It's, it's an interesting moment, mostly because Big Jim whispers to himself, Plane crash? Chester's Mill. Implying that plane crashes just don't happen in Chester's Mill. Um, as if that's something that only happens in the big cities. Um, where, where, where I would argue that where everybody's flying crop dusters around, it's probably more likely to happen in rural communities. But anyway, um, that's also going to be an issue for us. Um, Chester's Mill has country back roads. Uh, our new mega dome has the 401, the 427, the 400, the Gardener and the Lake, lake Shore. All of them are going to be crossing the mega dome. Um, now, if this, if we put this in early enough uh, and we do it during rush hour, I think this could work out actually quite well as nobody's going to be going at any speed um, and they will bump quietly into the dome. Um, I think people will be very frustrated if on their commute home they uh, couldn't get home because of a big dome, but I think from a safety perspective, it's probably the best route. Um, from an airplane perspective, is Pearson gonna be in our megadome? Let's let's take a look. I don't think Pearson is gonna be in our megadome. So we don't have to worry so much about Pearson. Billy Bishop Airport is gonna become more or less useless as there is no other airport within the dome. You could fly from Scarborough to uh, Etobicoke, but uh, I don't know where you're gonna land. Um, hopefully there's not a lot of flights coming into Billy Bishop. They can mostly be redirected. Uh, we're going to hope that with proper planning, um, when the dome comes down, that uh, no plane crashes happen. Um, so hopefully we can handle that better than they do in the show. All right, let's see. What happened next after this? Oh, some, some cunning uh, future... Uh, I guess relevant today, quote from a Barbie, our criminal murderer, um, uh, the, the local boy that he befriends, uh, who lived on a, the farm that uh, the cow got cut in half, asks him, Okay, what if the government built this thing? I doubt it. Why? Because it works. Um which is interesting. It seems Dale is, would be a fan of my dome plan, as he doesn't think that the government's social distancing would, uh, would work. Um, but it, also Dale Barbarossa, or Barbie as his friends call him, um, isn't exactly the brains of the operation. Um, I wrote in my notes that we're introduced to DJ Phil and Dottie. They don't really do anything in this episode. Um, they do bring up an interesting point where radio transmissions don't come through the dome. Um, which to me doesn't make a lot of sense because radio is light and light comes through the dome. Um, I would have assumed that most light would come through, but anyway, that's uh, just something. <laughs> um, oh, uh, the last 
family that we're introduced to are Carolyn and Dallas. Um, they're a couple. They have a, a daughter, Nori. Um, Nori is actually from Jumanji. Um, she's the girl that Karen Gillian plays. I guess Karen Gillian isn't playing her. Well, I don't know. Tell me, tell me in the comments on if Karen Gillian is playing her. Um, but yeah, this was a role she did that before that. Um, yeah. Under, this, under the Dome really created a lot of stars. If anybody watched the canceled Netflix series uh, Daybreakers, um, that's what the guy, I forgot his name, uh, is from. <laughs> All right. Dale uh, also had a point that I thought was just very close to the premise of this podcast, where he was saying that even if the Dome were to disappear, the army would still quarantine them, um, which makes sense. Um, because it's a magic dome. Um, you'd probably want to talk to the people inside. But anyway, I just thought that was pretty cool that uh, it was so on, on topic for my weird mashup podcast. Um, Julia has a great line. Um, this episode is a lot of action, you know, or not, not a lot of action, but a lot of just like things happening. You know, it's the first episode of not just the season, but of the series. So it's, it's putting everything into place. Um, so they go to the hospital, uh, and we, we see how things are doing there. Uh, and Julie has a line which um, I feel like is pretty exposition-y. She says, it's, it's okay, my husband's a doctor. I'm going to get you to the hospital. Um, which, to me, sounds more like a humble brag. Like, I would probably go to the hospital even if it wasn't your husband who was the doctor. Um, in fact, I, I, it almost inspires less confidence that this random woman's husband is a doctor. Um, I, I assume most hospitals have doctors at the uh, hospital. Anyway, um, there's a grocery truck that crashes, which is unfortunate. You know, you probably want the groceries to get into town. Um, oh, this is, this is an interesting thing. So I, I'm going to butcher this, but it, something I've heard with sci-fi before is that you sort of have one chance to set up your premise. Um, like the audience is willing to accept what you tell them, but that's it. So like Harry Potter, everybody's magical, everybody casts spells, the wizarding world, it's, it's pretty crazy, right? But if aliens were to invade in, in book seven or something like that, uh, it would be rather unbelievable. The audience would feel like, what is going on? Where did this come from? This wasn't earned. But there's nothing about aliens that is any more ridiculous than wizardry, right? Um, except that one of them is sort of introduced when you read it. It's, it's the real world with magic. And the other one's just thrown in there. Um, the actual book for Under the Dome is sort of very simple with its premise. Uh, it's a regular town, and there's a big dome over it. And there's almost no other like mysticism in the plot. It's just how do people do when they are confined basically like an ant farm um the tv show is basically a mystery box uh every episode especially in the later seasons something new something mysterious is going on and the dome becomes almost like just a backdrop um, in this episode we have two characters uh start having seizures and saying pink stars are falling in lines um which is the most mystery boxy mystery box you can really get and i'm not going to discuss it too much because i've honestly forgotten a bit but it's not a satisfying reveal when we find out what pink stars are um they, they have a few quotes like this that they like to use um, but in this episode they say pink stars are falling in lines what does that mean 
that would say listen along. I don't know if we're actually going to find out. Um, there's a nice scene in here where reporters are yelling questions at the dome. <laughs> um, they can clearly tell that nobody can hear beyond the dome. And instead of um, writing down things on paper, uh, they just yell at uh, Linda, the cop, who just sadly shrugs back at them because she can't hear what they're saying. Um, I don't know. I, I, I found that scene very funny. Um, the teenagers of the town immediately have a bush party out on a bridge. Um, they don't care at all that the domes come down. Um, I don't know. I, I guess that makes sense. They're young. Um, it's they, they sort of pretty quickly uh, get into it. I don't know. They also have like a, a trash can fire, which seems more like um, like a, a tent city type of vibe. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe maybe in the country they have cooler parties than uh, than I've been to. Yeah. So that's that's sort of the first episode. Um, it's honestly just the dome comes down and what do people do? And it's honestly they don't do much because uh, it's there's only probably less than a day after the dome comes down. It's everybody just going, whoa, oh man, a dome. Um, I did want to go over some consequences of the dome because we are weighing the pros and cons of social distancing versus social doming. Um, 12 people uh, were killed in Chester's Mill by the dome. Uh, that's a con. Um, due to circumstances, uh, have a lot of people in the town not having homes uh, due to just traveling through Chester's Mill. Um, you might end up in a situation like Julia, where the man who murdered her husband is now living with her. Um, or you might end up kidnapped and put into a fallout shelter like uh, Angie, uh, because there is mass chaos going on and nobody knows where anybody is. Nothing about this is all right. So a lot of cons so far, very few pros. Um, oh, and the police chief had a pacemaker and he saw that everybody who touched the dome got a mild electric shock. And so he went up and touched the dome, got a mild electric shock and died. Um, or at least I think he died. That was how the episode ended. Maybe he's gonna stay around for a few episodes, but um, pretty sure the rating's on the wall for him. Dude, my chest. Duke, is it your pacemaker? Ah! Duke! Um, <laughs> the, the episode ends with a slow zoom out of um, the outside world uh, looking in on the dome um, with uh, a quote from a news report saying, We've spoken with the government, law enforcement, the military. No one has any idea what's going on. The closest I can come to an answer is to share with you the words of one scientist we spoke to today. He told us, and I quote, This is an unparalleled event in human history. Um, and I think that's fitting because I, I think what we're going through right now is an unparalleled event in human history. But I think what's going on in Chester's Mill is also an unparalleled event in human history. And to be honest, probably less paralleled like we like there's the spanish flu and there's other uh things like that that we can compare against a big magic dome um doesn't really have a lot of comparisons um and maybe that helps puts into perspective what we're going through um we have a point of reference uh um and we don't live under a big dome 
I don't know. This this, this was probably the toughest episode, I'm hoping, um, because I just have to sort of explain every character and what's going on and uh, the immediate effects of the dome. Um, it's going to sort of flow into a problem of the week type of setup soon, so that'll be more fun to go through. Our next episode is called The Fire, and you may have noticed, while foreshadowing, all of the firefighters went to another town. So uh, we're going to see what happens with uh, a dome where uh, there's a big fire. Also, I don't think they ever addressed this, but where would the smoke go? Like, it can't leave the dome. I guess it could settle back down on the ground as just soot or something, but I don't know. That's, that's one of the questions that we're going to find out. Um, I'm probably going to record a batch of these before they go out, so I'm not going to ask for input because uh, I won't change anything. <laughs> but um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you're listening along at home and watching along. And uh, if anybody ever is actually watching Under the Dome or has actually watched it in the past, feel free to message me and uh, maybe we can uh, do a special co-hosted episode. Um, anyway, uh Oh man, I don't have an exit. So I'll just say goodbye. Signing off from Chester's Mill. Yeah, that's pretty good. All right, bye.